At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Forget the myths and misinformation. We've got the facts about wearing a mask on this episode of Baptist Health Talk. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. This is your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, and I'd like to welcome you to another special edition of our show, bringing you the latest information about coronavirus. As COVID-19 cases surge in Florida, so does the amount of misinformation about wearing masks and social distancing. It's time to clear up the confusion, and knowing the facts has never been more important. This is information you need to protect yourself and your loved ones, and we encourage you to share this podcast with family, friends, and coworkers. Joining me today is one of Baptist Health's physicians on the front lines, Dr. Yvonne Johnson. She's an emergency room physician and chief medical officer at South Miami Hospital. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Johnson. Thank you, Dr. Fialco. It's a pleasure to be here to uh, discuss this really important topic. Um, I, I agreed. And I know as a, a physician leader within the system, you know, we know, you know, and I know what's going on nationwide. We know what's going on in the community. We know what's going on in our local hospitals. And again, uh, sometimes it's best to try to get that information out there. Uh, misinformation is almost as bad as no information. So, so let's start by level setting a little bit. What are we seeing right now in the Baptist health facilities? What's going on in the ERs uh, in terms of the populations of people coming in? Have there been any changes going back towards uh, compared to the early stages of the COVID pandemic? Well, unfortunately, we really are starting to see a resurgence of the uh, number of people coming into the emergency department with symptoms of COVID-19. And we're seeing an increase in the number of patients that are sick enough to need to be admitted. So, you know, I think that a lot of the increase in the infection rate that we saw in the past couple of weeks, we're now seeing that response coming in patients that are uh, sick and and sick enough to come to the emergency department and being admitted to the hospital. It it, it does seem to be the trend. I think we had some control in in April and May from the social distancing, from the stay at home, and from the masks. and now we're seeing this, this surge, this increased volumes that you're talking about. Um, but what can people do about it in their own lives? Um, and specifically, obviously, I'm leading towards masks. So let's talk about masks and what we know and what we don't know. We're talking about, first, facial coverings so that you're not a, a contributor of you if you have the virus, even if you're asymptomatic, letting other people get it from you. So you want your mouth and nose covered. Can you talk a little bit about the kinds of different kinds of masks and are there any recommendations that if you are going to use a mask for preventive purposes to decrease the transmissibility, what is the mask content or, or um, makeup of the mask that we want the public to be using? Well, I think a lot of the recommendations are based on the fact that we really need the hospital workers to have the masks that are specific for preventing them from getting disease from someone else. Uh, the masks that we're really asking the public to wear are, you know, any kind of covering that can act as a barrier to prevent the droplets that normally we expel when we breathe, when we talk, when we yell, when we sing. We're, we want them to have some kind of a barrier to prevent sharing um, those droplets with each other. And we know that when we talk, 
those droplets can carry about six feet. So that's why the six feet message is out there that, you know, if you're, you want to stay at least six feet from somebody else, but that's an estimation really based on just talking, because what we also know is if you're yelling or if you're, you know, uh, singing, it can go much further than that, even 13, 15, 20 feet, depending upon the, the volume of uh, the, the, the yelling or, or, or singing. So, you know, you really want to be safe. It's also very difficult when you're out in public to know that you're going to stay exactly six feet from someone. Uh, so wearing a mask, or wearing some type of facial covering is going to prevent you from sharing those droplets when you're normally breathing, talking, yelling, whatever it is. And if we're all doing it, then we're able to protect each other from those things. And, you know, we know in the hospitals that it works because we're all masked in the hospital and we're not, and, and we're working with people who we, patients who we absolutely know have the virus and we're not transmitting that to each other as we work. Uh, and in, in general, um, it, we're not getting the disease from our patients. So we know that this works. And it's, this is a way that we can protect each other. We can help protect our community. We can still you know, be able to go and shop and, and protect those business owners so that everything doesn't have to close back down while we're seeing this resurgence in, in, the, in the viral transmission. I think, I think you, know, you, you just brought up a couple of great points. First is uh, uh, I was remiss that we should differentiate between these N95 respirators, these, these incredibly hard to find masks that are tightly fit and around the person's face that are used for those extreme exposures at the hospital. Um, versus the, the the surgical masks that we're talking about for the community, so that's a great that's a great differentiator and a great point. We do want to make sure we have those masks that are really for treating the exposed patient, the, the positive patients, you know, for our healthcare workers. The other thing is, as you mentioned, it's the distance is increased in the spread, especially when you're shouting, which is also one of the reasons why we think the opening of the bars was specifically worse because not only do you have a lot of people who may be infected without masks, but they tend to yell because of the noise level. Also, you know, crowded environments are not just you're close to someone, but you're generally raising your voice and further expelling transmissible virus. Um, um, so, again, it, it explains some of the things that are going on. When you when you mentioned, um, um, you know, we're using masks for a long time in the medical environment, um, certain people push back about that. Well, wearing a mask may make it hard for me to breathe or I have pneumonia. It can cause pneumonia. Can you give a little bit of insight and, and, and education regarding the dangers, if any, of wearing masks? Well, I, you know, we have, as you know, been wearing masks in the medical environment for decades. So we, as uh, when you have come into the hospital and you have a procedure like a surgery, sometimes those surgeries are three, four, five, eight hours long. And the surgeon is standing there in a mask and I don't think any one of us who are having surgery would want that surgeon to take the mask off and expose a patient to their respiratory secretions. So that surgeon and everyone in that surgical environment or the procedural environment is wearing a mask for long periods of time. And that has never been our experience that people were either unable to breathe or they were 
at risk of developing pneumonia. I mean, we have years and decades of, of experience and data with wearing masks in the hospital environment, and that's not been our experience. So there's no reason to think that that would be the experience now among the general public who are being asked to wear some type of a face covering, whether it's a, a, a mask or um, a, a cloth mask, because the whole idea is to be able to prevent that respiratory ex exhalations um, that could be, and we know that a number of people in the community have asymptomatic disease or pre-symptomatic. And by that, we mean that you have the disease before you know that you notice that you have symptoms. And you could have been spreading that disease um, to others um, before you knew that you should be protecting them. So the way that we do that is to make sure that we're, you know, always wearing a mask when we're out in public and around people who we don't normally live with uh, so that we can all be protected. It's, a, it's another great point that I think some people may benefit from understanding. Uh, first, as you said, the masks are to prevent particulate matter or droplets from going from you to someone else to someone else to you. They don't prevent oxygen or inhalation or carbon dioxide exhalation. So they really don't affect your respiration at all even though people may have a sense of that psychologically. Um, but you're talking about the asymptomatic nature. We talked about the SARS epidemic, you know, 15 years ago plus. SARS was known to be very symptomatic in its early stages. But this disease is unique because, as you said, people can feel well and have it and then get sick later, but they've given it to people or never even know they have it. So, so let's talk a little bit about, again, the, the, the concept of people, especially, you know, younger people who can transmit it. Why is it particularly important that everyone wear masks and specifically speak a little bit more towards that asymptomatic nature. What happens if people don't wear masks and they're asymptomatic and they expose others who expose others? Can you, can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, well, you know, the whole idea is that what, ma <clears throat> what masks do is to, to uh, prevent that transmission from one person to the next person. So if you think, if, if I give it to one person, and then they expose themselves to two more people. And then those two people expose it to two more people. Then you can see how this increases exponentially. But if I have it and I don't know it and I'm wearing a mask and the person I'm talking to is wearing a mask and I don't expose them, then the disease stops there with me. So I may be sick, but if I don't transmit it, then, you know, that thread is broken right there. And that's what we're trying to do, is to break all of these threads that can happen if we don't know that we have it and we're exposing others to it. And you know, the whole idea for me is that it's not about whether or not we totally shut down or we're able to open. You know, I feel like this community responded when we asked people to stay home and we were really able to see the power that this community had in bending that curve and reducing the transmission. Now we do want to open up as a community and as an economy, but we still have to recognize that we have that power. And we have the power now for our behavior to be to wear a mask so that we can open up safely, we can have resources, and that our hospitals who 
not only need to take care of COVID patients, but we need to continue to take care of all of the other things that we were around to take care of in our community long before there was COVID. People are continuing to have strokes and heart attacks and appendicitis and broken hips, and we need to take care of those things. We have people in our community who have been waiting to have some of their necessary surgeries. They weren't emergency surgeries, but they were still necessary surgeries, and they've been waiting a long time for us to be able to do that. We're trying to do those things now, but we're not going to be able to continue to do that if we don't if we don't, uh, again, bend this curve and prevent this spread. So these are really important reasons why people need to exert their power to affect this disease. And wearing a mask is not giving up your rights. Wearing a mask is, is exerting your power over this illness. Um, um, as, as you said, the goal is not to get rid of this. We're not going to be able to for some time unless we have vaccines. Um, but it's to make sure that if someone goes out, they're not giving it to someone and they can be comfortable that if they're exposed to someone else, they're not getting it. And I think that's where the masks and then the social distancing come in. Um, I want to talk about social distancing in a second before, again, some other myths or let's debunk a couple of things about the masks. Um, is there a difference? Uh, can someone use a cloth mask they make themselves, surgical masks, paper masks? Is there any benefit or risk of one over, over the other? Well, I think we definitely have more data on the surgical masks that are multiple layers um, in terms of being able to um, prevent the spread. But I have seen um, demonstrations of even just a simple cloth mask where they've asked somebody to talk in front of a Petri dish with a mask and without a mask. And there's definitely a difference in what grows on the Petri dish with the mask and without. But it was very dramatic when they did a cloth mask and, a, and no mask when you had someone cough and even more dramatic with somebody sneezing because, you know, you can imagine all, I mean, I think people are very aware of the production of those droplets if somebody sneezes or coughs in your uh, immediate area. And, and just having a cloth mask prevented that droplet from um, getting to the Petri dish. And you could see dramatically the difference in, in the bacteria that, that grew on, on the dish. So, you know, while we don't have tremendous amounts of data about the cloth mask, um, and how much it transmits, even if it even if it reduces it only fifty percent, that's going to be a tremendous difference in how many people we are um, we have to take care of in a hospital setting, um, and and you know what we're able to do as as a community and as an economy and um, to to continue to to be able to live at least in a new norm, new normal situation and not have um, to go back down back into a lockdown situation. So again, another great point. Um, the mask does not totally um, inhibit um, expiration of the virus, which brings the second component is the social distancing. We have learned that um, you could pass someone quickly and get exposed to a couple of droplets and maybe not get sick. It's the amount of virus, how long you've been exposed to the components. So let's talk a little bit about, about social distancing and, and related to masks. So if, if people go out of their house, if someone's at home by themselves 
they don't need to wear a mask. That's not that's not the goal. It has to do with when you're around people. So if now we have our public and they're wearing masks, they're decreasing whatever percent of droplet exposure they might be contributing to others or others contributing to them. Let's talk about the social distancing component. Where where would people really want to concentrate on social distancing? Um, let's or, or not. So for example, if someone's going out to take a walk, which we want people to do during the pandemic, we want people to get out of their house, exercise, see the sun. Um, should they wear a mask? Should they wear a mask in certain conditions? Can you speak a little bit about recommendations towards getting out of the house and exercising with masks? Yeah, well, I think, again, if you're not within six feet of someone uh, or uh, if you're out and about, especially outside. So one of the things that we do know is that transmission is much less outside. So if you're walking and you're either walking with the people you live with um, or you're walking by yourself, you don't really need to wear a mask. What I would recommend is that you carry a mask with you in case you do have to be in a situation where you're you know, in close proximity to others. But you don't need to exercise in the mask when you're in that situation. Um, if you go out to a restaurant and the seating should be maintained, especially if, an, if it's an outdoor restaurant, the seating should be maintained where you're little group, which presumably are going to be the people that, you know, you are in your little bubble at home with, um, is separated by more than six feet from another group, of course, you're going to have to take your mask off to eat. But you need to have it there. So when you get up and you walk to the restroom, and you're using the restroom, or if you are coming, excuse me, coming in and out, then you have your mask available to wear. Um, Servers should always be in the mask as they're coming and approaching your table. So, you know, there are safer ways of doing things, of us interacting, of us going out. Um, outdoors absolutely is much better than indoors. And making sure that wherever you are, your grouping is with is outside of that six-foot perimeter. You know, again, Yvonne, um, great points. I hope the listeners will um, take this to heart and, and use the masks and encourage other people to use the mask. It's, it's a small, safe thing to do to work towards controlling this pandemic till we have more definitive um, 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 uh, weapons in, in place. Um, you've given us great information, again, from the safety of masks and the social distancing. Um, any final comments you, you'd like to make before, um, before we wrap up? I just want to emphasize the point that um, our community responded so impressively when we first were called to action in March and we were asked to stay home and social and, and social distance and lockdown. Um, and it really was impactful for us in emergency departments and in the hospital to be able to um, not be overwhelmed. And what we're asking now is that our community step up again, take control, take the power that we have to um, not spread this illness uh, throughout our community so that we can, again, support our frontline workers in the medical community, but we can also support our small business owners. We can support those uh, people who need uh, non-urgent procedures and surgeries so that the hospitals can provide those and that we can support our friends and even those people we don't know who are at very high risk of a complicated illness and cannot get this disease. So 
um, I just call upon our community to exert that power that we have, wear masks, social distance, be safe. And, you know, I believe we can get through this together. Wonderful. And thanks to you and your efforts as well. Um, to our listeners, again, this is a Baptist Health Talk as usual. Um, we hope you find some valuable information here. Feel free to share. Uh, please write to us with any thoughts, ideas, uh, requests for topics in the future. Um, and please write to us at uh, Baptist Health Talk at BaptistHealth.net. Uh, and once again, stay safe and uh, stay home. Thank you very much. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at BaptistHealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.